Hello, and welcome to the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast of X-Men colon Apocalypse. My name is Christian Morosky, and I am joined here for one night only by Kelly Wand. Hello, Kelly Wand. Hey, I'm here other nights. Oh, that's right. You're here other nights. I mean, just the two of us. And I and and why I said one night only because we went through a whole period where we had to do this podcast just the two of us. Um, but for right now, this is just one night of a stopgap because um, before we get to your tagline, Kelly, I just wanted to say that I want to address why it's just the two of us. Uh, Tom is on vocal rest for a week. Um, those of you who uh, follow Quarter to Three on Twitter, those of you who listen to his excellent um, streaming uh, YouTube channel know that he's had to take a week or so off because he just had uh, a couple of surgeries. Um, this is this is uh, this is a positive thing. I just want you to know. I want to assure you, this is a positive thing. He's doing really well. Uh, he's this is all part of recovery. He just had a surgery. And uh, and the doctors told him, you cannot talk for a week. You can eat whatever you want, but we want you to be on vocal rest for a week. And Tom has largely honored that. So we are going to do this particular podcast of X-Men Apocalypse without him. But uh, be assured, he will be back for next week's show. Wait, I have a question. Did he go – are you sure he didn't go to the doctor? Hey, um, this week's <laughs> X-Men, is it possible that I shouldn't talk for a week? <laughs> it just seems a little convenient. I'm just saying. Well, he did. I know Tom's mind. Well, he yeah. did sort of intimate that um, this was a positive thing for him uh, early on. Not saying X Men. I get to get out of X Men. Ha ha. But I think that he also said that there are a couple of reasons he wanted to see the movie. So he didn't really mean he he was trying to get out of it. But it was. I was actually in the room when the physician, the physician's assistant, said to him, "No talking for a week." Period. And, and then Tom slipped him a ten. <laughs> I think that happened when I wasn't in the room. Oh uh, well, yeah, for other reasons. Yeah, but I actually heard the words. You're not allowed to talk for a week, and I know that Tom is hugely missing the streaming channel that he does for uh, for a quarter to three. Um, I, I can tell that he's just jonesing to get back to that so not doing that is kind of killing him right now um but yeah this vocal rest thing is real he's he's paying attention (laughs) to it yeah so uh you know both of us kind of fought him on it like come on man uh but but he's he's being a good soldier and this is a good thing this is a really good thing for his recovery i assure you he's doing really great i see him every day he's doing great so kelly Back to the movie. We can do this. Uh, we can do this. We can do it. We've done it before. We've done we it before. It was great. We love doing it. Yeah, we can do this. We can get through one of these. We can do this. Even without a mini movie club, we can do this. But he's uh, going to listen, right? So it's like he's here listening. Well, he's not listening right now. He'll listen to the beginning of it because we still haven't released him to listen to the spoiler stuff. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, is he going to listen to this after he's seen the movie? And is he really going to see the movie? Well, you and I will have to after we do the spoiler stuff, we'll have to talk to each other about whether or not she see the movie, right? No, he has to. He has to see it? Yeah. Alright. Well I'll It's part of the your... podcast rule. Alright, you're gonna have to let him know that then. It's like we all got tattoos like uh, Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> so he has to see X Men. 
I forgot that part of the movie. That must have been in the extended edition. Oh. There's an extended edition? No. Well, listeners decide if there's an extended edition. All right, what's the question? The question is, Kelly, do you have a tagline for this week's movie, uh, X-Men Apocalypse? Didn't think a minor Kinberg was possible. <laughs> I hope that's not a spoiler. I hope Tom doesn't hear that part. Um, I want him to see it twice. Even, I think. In general, Tom, Tom tends to ask you if you have more of them. I don't really need any more of them, but if you have more in the chamber, go ahead and fire them off with that uh, freaking rocks. <laughs> oh, see, this is what I like. Never mind. Uh, I agree with Stan Lee's cameo. <laughs> okay, good, because I actually referenced that when I wanted to talk later, so thank you very much. I hope you caught it. There was a close-up, even. I want to make sure you caught it. Uh, yeah, we wanted to make sure you saw it twice. Really spent a lot of time on it. I'm not getting tired of those at all. No, and it's a really creative one compared to Deadpool and, and Civil War. It's like, wow, really, wow. Good. They didn't just. That's. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. I have a lot to say too. <laughs> you think you have a lot to say about the Stanley cameo in X Men Apocalypse? Yeah, I think I do. Um, puts the meh back in X Men. <laughs> <laughs> These are all gold. This is like gold flowing down from a pyramid. These are all gold, Timber. Jerry. Uh, yeah. Um, at least Zack Snyder made me laugh. <laughs> oh my God. Man. And since there's no Brittany, uh, Sophie Turner makes me rise again. Jeez, Cynic is going to have a terrible time. Cynic is the guy who makes uh, these great movie posters on the Core 3 uh, movie podcast thread um, using Kelly's taglines. And I think Cynic's going to be hard-pressed to figure out which one to use. Um, yeah, maybe I should just do one, then. No. Uh, well, we can't go back. You did, you did three gold ones and then one silver. Oh, right. That's a good point. You t- you got me on the math by playing the math card. Deal That's me what, in. That's what I did. All right. So IMDb. <laughs> yeah, let's go for an IMDb. You know, usually, I forget how to do this without Tom. <laughs> it's no worries. I was going to lead you into this anyway. Tom uh, always cues me. It's confusing. So this is why I'm totally excited about this right now, because Tom's way ahead in points as far as guessing the IMDb oh, thing. Because yeah. you always pitch to his wheelhouse. Um, no, I don't try to. I just my wheelhouse is too close to Tom's by chance. I think. And so no, I'm, I bl- I'm, I'm blaming you, but really, he's just better at the game, uh, and he always gets. He cares a lot. He gets really excited. Yeah, he gets very. Well, excited. I don't think we really care if we win. I care. <laughs> you care more than me if you care, and um, <laughs> you know, so I don't know. So let me let me try to guess this, and then if if I can guess it, then at least I'll get a point on Tom that I can put in the bank. Okay, it's a little bit. This is your hint, then. It's to, and since you're since Tom's not here, maybe it's a good hint. Um, I get a hint. It's it's definitely in Tom's zone. Oh, damn it! You're giving me something in Tom's zone. Yeah. All right. No, 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 go ahead. No, let's proceed. No, no go with your first. Have anything to do with X Men? 
No, no, go with your <laughs> was, instinct. This was like my 19th instinct after my first date. Tina go, no, dumb. It's too dumb even your, for this. And my, my, then I would say go with your 19th. I consider this a waste of time for the most part, but one I enjoy. But right. um, there's trouble in town, and it's video games. <laughs> High school students spend so much time with the electronic monsters that there's no time for schoolwork. Shucks. Featuring Reed Cruikshanks as Coach Straight. What? Ah, uh, see, you're not gonna get it. Here, I'll do a different one. It's not fucking stupid. Just pretend you. No, no, you're no, no. no. I, I could if I can't get it, I can't get it. No, it's too no, stupid. you're not. No, no. You know, right now, Tom might be yelling. Saying, people might be yelling. So just go with it. I can't get it. So who is Reed? No, I get one of your zone. I was, I forgot that. No, it doesn't okay. matter. If I can't get it, I can't get it. That's fair. No, but this one's not appropriate. Okay, then, okay, okay, then it goes on to say, I forgot to read the second part of it. An idealistic but struggling actor finds his life unexpectedly complicated when he stops a robbery while wearing the costume of Captain Avenger, a superhero character of a film he's hired to promote. He no. decides to dabble. What? I'm not getting this, no. You're not? Ah, oh, this is your zone. He decides to dabble at being a superhero only to find that it's more difficult and dangerous than he ever imagined. Ah, I'm surprised. No. We've talked about this movie. I bet you we have. Go ahead and tell me what it is. It's Hero at Large, John Ritter. And you thought a John Ritter movie was in Tom's Wheelhouse? Dude, the first one was Joysticks. Oh, you you did two different movies. Kelly, I told you just to stick with the first one. Oh, you were trying to match those two things. Yeah, exactly. I was trying to yeah, think that video somehow. Video games are bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sorry. I thought you'd get what I was doing. And All right. Then... So we're just going to pretend that Joysticks was it. Tom's going to get the point in absentia because <sighs> um, I'm guessing he probably would have gotten it. Gosh darn it. What do you? He always he's unpredictable sometimes. He's very unpredictable, but he would have popped off several guesses even before I could have gotten out of the gate. So we'll just give this one to Tom. He's like a ferret. <laughs> okay, what were you going to say? <laughs> in that he's illegal in California. What? They made it illegal again? Oh, ferret. Ferrets are illegal, yeah. Sorry, I thought you said something. Anyway, this, anyway. Week, this week we saw a movie. The movie we saw was X-Men colon Apocalypse. Hmm. A 2016 action-adventure fantasy Marvel Comics X-Men film series superhero disaster movie. About the destructive potential of a too long power nap. It was directed by Brian Singer and written by Simon Kinberg. <laughs> with, 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 story credits, with story credits doled out to the two of them, along with Michael Doherty and Dan Harris. Maybe they suck too, I don't know. Well, Michael Doherty wrote and directed Krampus. Uh, did. But he also, no. the two of them, uh, Michael Doherty and Dan Harris, also wrote um, X-Men 2 and Superman Returns. So there you go with that. Um, uh, X-Men Apocalypse, it stars everyone else. X-Men Apocalypse is rated PG-13 for sequences of violence, action, and destruction, brief, strong language, and some suggestive images. What? 
I don't know. Huh? What? what? Huh? What's what? one suggestive image? I have no idea what some suggestive Stanley image is. Stanley Cameo. Well, other than maybe Mystique being blue naked? I don't oh, know what... Oh, come on. They've so watered that down. Even. I honestly don't know what some suggestive images are. But did you have any other contributions that the NPAA might have forgotten to include? If I was on them, I would have said some magnetism, implied non-events, and graphically simulated endlessness. <laughs> I like some non-events. All right. Yeah. Um, this is Tom's That's usual a- thing to do. Uh, this week's numbers. <laughs> mm. Provided <laughs> by our crack staff at quarter to three. Mathematicians. Uh, X-Men Apocalypse on Rotten Tomatoes, which is the percentage of reviews that are positive. X-Men Apocalypse is a 48%. (laughs) Uh. On Metacritic, which is average ratings from various reviews, it's a 52 Metascore. Hmm. When they converge, Uh, it's always, like, correct, right? That's why we care about the numbers. They're both fairly even numbers, so 52 plus 48 using Tom Math, I think, equals 100. What's that prove? It proves that everything adds up and the universe is aligned. Uh, X-Men did win over at the box office. Um, It was the number one movie this week at $65 million, uh, kicking off Angry Birds. Uh, The second movie was Alice Through the Looking Glass, which I didn't even know was opening. (laughs) Mm, I saw a preview for it after it opened in Germany. Of the Alice movie? Yeah. And I went, uh, and then I read what it was about, and I was like, oh, really? Hi, Martin. Um, so it was a pretty, it was a pretty soft weekend as far as a Memorial Day weekend is concerned, but pretty much in line with last year's Memorial Day. Um, but there is one little fact that I will end the numbers with, and that's that um, uh, Apocalypse received the worst Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes score compared to any film in the X Men franchise, including three, which they make fun of. Yeah, and I want to say something about that. I want to say something specific about that, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad you brought that up. But but anyway, before we get to that, we are, ladies and gentlemen, we are entering, entering into spoiler territory <laughs> as we go into what Kelly Wan is going to present us with. That would be whatever his opsis is, which I never have a guess about because I'm not clever about that. <laughs> Wait, this is considered spoiler territory? It's a bunch of gibberish. You don't know what's a spoiler, what's not. It could all be bullshit. Exactly, so we have to be careful. So you might say something that you didn't want to know. Like, I'm super hyper-careful about spoilers. I don't even want to know who's in the movie before I go to it, but you know, I'm totally anal about that. But another person might not want to know that the best part of the movie was this thing that happened, um, or that this character shows up. So... Uh, people so I'm listen. warning people that that you might give away the end of the movie. You'll give away any detail whatsoever, and it might not be real. It might be satirical, whatever. But your opposite, <laughs> you have no holds barred. People used people told me that they listened to these without even seeing the movie, and it used to that used to seem really weird to me because I was I think I thought like how are they even getting the jokes, but now I realize it's just because the movies are really boring and you can just fill in the blanks and you don't need to see the movie even. Well, there's also a certain liberation for people who can't go to movies all the time, who might have like three kids at home, 
And they can never get – I mean, I, I go to the movie – I go to a movie every week because of this show. Um, but if I didn't have to go to a movie every week, I might not budget the time to do so, and other people might not be able to do so. No, no, I'm just saying listening to the, the Opsis, not having seen the movie is weird. I yeah, but, but if they know – if they're like, you know, I'm never going to get to see – I'll just listen to I, know, I couldn't even care less to go see that movie. Soon. So they'll get they'll get much more pleasure out of what you have to say about it than what they would have gotten spending you know a hundred bucks to go to the movies you know babysitters movie tickets refreshments all that stuff combined yeah that's true it is cheaper the offices and more pleasurable come on no I know it's, it's value added my friend sometimes I don't know the lobster ones kind of. <laughs> I disagree. Uh, good Lord. No, it's too hard. Couldn't do it. Inspiration failed me on that one, Dingus. Well, that that again is one of those where you know we encourage people to say to you know go see the lobster first. Yeah. Then listen to us gibber on about it. And don't expect much from the opposite part. Just get to the discussions. I disagree with you again. I thought you did a fine job. It was a, it was a really tough assignment, and I thought you handled it well, soldier. I'm so glad you said that, Dingus. Thank you. It's a true story. What? What? All right, where are we? You're going to guess what the Opsis is called? Yeah, I'm going to guess it's called um, X-Men Apocalypsis. Yes! See, you say you're not clever, but that's your truest that's, cleverness. That's my version of cleverness. Yeah, that's your trick. Because <laughs> Tom, I think... Eh, never mind. <laughs> X-Men Apocalypse. <laughs> X-Men Apocalypse. X-Men Apocalypse. Yes, because whenever I hear that, I just want to go do 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 do. Mm-hmm. 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 Back to the future. Um, <laughs> a flip book of comic book pages spell out the words Marvel Fox Kinberg from the director of Superman Returns. The Warner Brothers exec sitting next to me snickers. Found something to gloat about. We see CG pyramids and CG Egyptians, and cardboard posing is CG. Some words are all Marvel's idea of ancient Egypt. Two Mexican guys in a marching band glance knowingly at each other. <laughs> Sometimes I have trouble following the movie, but not this time. So it was in there. Meanwhile, inside a pyramid, Oscar Isaac's a pharaoh. He's blue. His expression's all, here I am in this. <laughs> Some women with peacock headdresses and nipple tassels lay him on a slab, then lay a younger man on a younger slab next to him. One sticks a knife in the young guy. He's all, Ugh! and dies. The priestess is all, Ugh. get the right guy on the slab, please, with the healing factor. <laughs> Christ. Eventually, they find the right guy and lay him down while Oscar Isaac sighs with annoyance. The priestess tousles the young guy's balls and goes, Don't worry, the mind transference only takes a few seconds and doesn't hurt at all. Wait, sorry, I meant to say that to Apocalypse. The guy's all, wait, what's going on? Suddenly the marching band attacks. Everybody yawns CG at each other. Oscar Isaac powerfully lies there while everybody around him gets crushed by rocks. Then he gets crushed by rocks. He sighs with irritation. We rapidly swoop through a wormhole to convey that time's passing. The wormhole eventually turns into a letter T. <laughs> Some words spell out X-Men Apocalypse. 
Since there's no T in this, its shoulders slump. It shuffles off gloomily while yet more words are all East Marble Berlin. J-Lore walks around in blue Kevlar. My dick and I high-five. Somehow... <laughs> Somehow an American guy with fragile dove wings is a celebrated German wrestler. He beats a guy. <laughs> you know, we never see him fight, do we? How does he even? No, it he seems just, like he, he just flat ripped it apart. He beats a victim. Don't think about it too hard, Ken. I did. He beats, yeah, go ahead. He beats a guy off screen by flying around in a Spider-Man cage, then scrawls a fifth mark on the floor with his um, sharp feather tip. The cleaning woman looks up from her mop and pale and scowls at him. Dingus is all, nice! An announcer with a vaguely German accent's all, hey crowd, thought kills birdmen, nightcrawler worms. The crowd... <laughs> The crowd, which also works there, drags in Nightcrawler wearing a purple shirt. He's all, Nine, please don't in the, I could teleport away from this, but I choose in the not to because of the Kinberg writing, please. They all cheer his childlike reluctance and laugh at Kinberg's name. For entertainment purposes, the audience of cheering Germans watch Nightcrawler somehow fail to teleport out of a metal cage. Eventually, the match ends without a winner, and the winning bettors collect their money and gloat. Angel turns into Mystique, claps Nightcrawler on the shoulder and goes, It's me, someone you've never seen before. I had a hunch all this would happen, so I came to save you, and not Angel. Come, wander around Europe with me till something dumb happens. <laughs> That's pretty much how she says the lines, so. Yep. Nightcrawler's all, But ich bin ein Berliner. She turns into herself and escorts him towards the exit. As they walk out, a burglar robs the place. <laughs> the announcer glares at Mystique and goes, You let a burglar go. Now he's going to shoot your uncle. Always back illegal fighting concerns. That's what Spider-Man learned. Mystique sighs, turns into the burglar, and recompenses the announcer in full. <laughs> Nightcrawler's all, Such powers! Meanwhile, Magneto works in the perfect place to keep his powers under wraps, a metalworking factory made out of pipes. <sighs> Just remembering watching this. He goes home and kisses a woman and tousles a seven-year-old girl. The mom's all, Oh, Fassbender, I may know nothing of your past, but we live in the woods together. <laughs> Magneto's all, this is the life I've always wanted. Nothing can ever, ever take it away. <laughs> I look over at Kinberg and sigh. Meanwhile, in high school, James Marsden's all, uh, Teacher, my eyes are turning red, and I think I'm going blind. Can I go to the nurse's office? The teacher's all, Very well, Mr. Marsden, again. The kids all laugh and point at their laughing mouths to underscore his humiliation. <laughs> it's a tough school. A jock's all, what the fuck, asshole, are you waking up my bitch? <laughs> the teacher's all, very well, jock character, follow Marsden and make sure you accost him before he reaches the nurse's office. And no homework. Screaming and clutching his eyes, Marsden stumbles around and bashes into a couple walls while the kids all laugh. Later, nurse, I think my eyes have red lasers coming out of them again. 
I also have a similar urethra-ish shit. I'm in a men's room stall. At least I hope it's a men's room. Oh, no, then where did I just take that dump? The jock knocks on the stall door and goes, All right, Mars, tonight a hunch you'd be in here, and in that stall, he knocks for a while. He knocks and knocks and knocks. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> Eventually, he's all, I have a mind to stop knocking and kick this door in at some point. Finally, Marston's all, hang on. He opens his eyes, which destroys the bathroom, but luckily not the jock, because the flimsy restroom door was in the way. Those are immune to Cyclops' powers. Right. You can rip a tree in half, Thanks. but not, this, not the door. Yeah, Kinberg really thought that out. Marsden's brother Havoc flushes from the next stall and walks over, shaking his head. Same old Cyclops. Come on. <laughs> That's his name even before that happens. <laughs> That's so stupid. Come on. I probably should have taken you to get help before this happened, but whatever. Havoc takes him to a mansion populated by beautiful teenagers with superpowers. Havoc's all, yeah, I know it's not as cool as normal school. We're so persecuted. But think fast. He shoves his brother into Sansa, who starts to drop her books. But then remember she's telekinetic, and just in time makes them all explode. Cyclops is all, get out of my way. I'll arbitrarily assume you're not gorgeous or nice. She's all, I'm reading your mind right now, by the way. You'll jerk off to anything, so I'm not that flattered. She storms off, even though she can fly using telekinesis. Havoc's all, that's just Phoenix. She's telepathic, so we use her for exposition. Her CG's red, like her hair. That's how we tell her apart from Wolverine. The guy from Warm Bodies walks on screen. <laughs> He's all, hi, I talk normally, but I also look normal. Ergo, my superhero name's Beast. He and J-Lore look away from each other uncomfortably. I lean over to the letter X sitting beside me and go, now that's acting. <laughs> I almost believe they don't want to be in that shot together. Very impressive. Professor X shows up in his wheelchair. He's all, hello, Cyclops. I don't know what your powers are yet, and apparently I don't know what happened at your school earlier, even though I'm telepathic. So I want you to open your eyes right now and look at that tree my grandfather got his head stuck in and had to be put down. Cyclops opens his eyes and screams as red lasers spew from them. <laughs> <laughs> had to do a last-minute rewrite there. A bunch of trees explode redly, along with New Jersey in the distance. <laughs> we, see, <laughs> we hear distant screams and cars crashing. Someone screams, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> no rewrite needed. Cyclops is all, fuck, did I just kill people? Professor X smirks and goes, not only that, you're enrolled. Meanwhile, like Jimmy Olsen... Rose Burns is a CIA agent. She goes to an Egyptian restaurant disguised as herself wearing a veil. A waiter with a turban recognizes her instantly and goes, Hey, I said you can't come back here. You always order food and then leave without pay. She punches him in the throat, killing him. Then she opens his garbage chute and goes down into some pyramids. <laughs> this is all just from Kinberg's draft. I hear you. Yeah. I'm just cutting and pasting. Eventually, she comes to a room of chanting extras. She's all, cultists, better get me a picture. Then I can get back to my hotel and enjoy the rest of my vacation. Suddenly, the cultists keep doing something obscure and medium shot. 
The blue guy from before is now a mummy. His eyes open. This makes the pyramid collapse. Roseburn's hair gets mussed. She doesn't take her picture, although she had time to. Luckily, nothing happens, so she comes home and goes to work and does nothing. <laughs> Since she paralyzed Professor X for life with a stray bullet by accidentally shooting him in first class, she now has her own office. No one else there does. Meanwhile, back at X Mansion, it's just her sitting at her desk. Oh, whatever. Meanwhile, back at X-Mansion, Havoc comes in and goes, I came in person to tell you Rose Burns in the movie. I think you erased her memories in the last one for some dumbass reason. It's hard for me to remember stuff I don't care about. Professor X is all, let's go see her. Wouldn't mind having sex with her again. Since she doesn't remember all my annoying habits, should be a clean kill. They go to the CIA and swagger through an office by stopping time. Havoc's all... Uh, can't you just make him not see us? Seems like less hassle. Or we could have just made an appointment. Professor X is all, but then I couldn't do this. He makes the guy spill coffee on himself, getting third-degree burns. <laughs> His name tag says disabled. Havoc size. Professor X trottles like Gandalf, ironically, and they open Rose Burns' office door. X is all, hey, baby, it's me again, Professor X. <laughs> Rose Byrne looks up from her desk and goes, why is my entire staff frozen in time? By the way, they're different characters. <laughs> Just, uh, she looks up from her desk and goes, why is my entire staff frozen in time? See, she's a girl now. Havoc's all, uh, and hastily shuts the door. Rose Burns all, how'd you two just get through me office of people already ignoring your presence? Professor X is all, I'll have level five security clearance. He holds his brain and stares at her weirdly till she loses interest. <laughs> He's all, feel as if I'm reading your mind, eh? <laughs> Charles Xavier, I always win. Rose Burns all, well, I'm such a silly si- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Well, I'm such a stellar CIA agent, I should probably follow up and ask to see your credentials. Nah, maybe it'd be more appropriate to tell you my marital status. McAvoy's all, yeah, hurry up. She's all, well, I have a husband, but he's dumb. <laughs> That's good. I don't want you to be happy with anyone else. I mean, I want to smell your boobs. I mean, I erased your memory. I, I want to have sex with your neighbor's character. <laughs> She's all, you seem boringly familiar. He waves his fingers at her commandingly and goes, tell me of your trip to Egypt. Verbally. You know, for havoc here, I could read your mind. Rose Byrne shows them some pictures of her trip to Egypt. That's me in a hat. There's a picture of the Aztec pyramids are cut out of a magazine. Is the villain of the movie. Cause, <laughs> he has blue skin, walks slow, so he calls himself Apocalypse. He also supposedly used to have uh, four horsemen. Guess they're not in the movie, though. McAvoy's all, like Sauron in Lord of the Rings. Rose Byrne's all... <laughs> what's happened to me I mean Rose Byrne nods gravely she's all or he bought the bible from them anyway that's the CIA's official theory on the origins of the bible anyway nothing happens I'll let you know meanwhile in Egypt Apocalypse wanders around marveling at how loud all the lesser mortals ignoring him are finally a character I can relate to suddenly Halle Berry has a mohawk and steals a peach pit from a Mexican organ grinder she calls lightning storms and hurricanes to make shoplifting easier, but meteorological cataclysms are no match for a feisty street vendor. 
Fortunately for the Egyptian legal system, Apocalypse feeds the vendor to a nearby wall, looks at Halle Berry, and goes, I can make you bigger storms. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) This is a disaster. I can make you make bigger storms. We should also get Olivia Munn and a flying guy in Germany. (laughs) And Professor X. Yeah, wait. Yeah, you... Olivia Mudd, Flying Guy in Germany, and you know, Professor X. You'll be my four horsemen of the apocalypse. She's all, wait, that's five of us. He's all, uh, <laughs> Angel's all, I can fly, why do I need a horse? Storm's all, can mine be black with a white mane and also my horse? Oscar Isaac's all, uh... Meanwhile in the woods, Magneto's all, hello, German forest rangers, what seems to be the issue? Uh, I think this is Russia. Not, not important right now. We're taking your daughter away for your saving man's life at factory. And since you were seen making hand gesture, we came with bow and arrow. So that way nothing stupid will happen. Oops. Magneta, no! Sorry about that. Her C- those CG birds very annoying. We shall try to be more character. Wife character, no! <laughs> <laughs> That's how he talks, right? Yep, yeah. Magneta's acting suddenly puts all the cops to sleep. He goes to his factory and goes, first off, I want to say, yes, I saved Gary's life yesterday. Secondly, I'm here to kill you all, starting with you, Gary. He starts to make a hand gesture. Suddenly, some CG walks on screen and Apocalypse comes out of it. He's all, I had a feeling you worked here. By the way, I can make portals. Come, join me. I shall make your CG last even longer. Magneto's all, yes. As the factory workers simultaneously lose interest, they walk into the CG and go to strike poses on a pyramid. Meanwhile, the X-Men take a day off from playing Frisbee to go see Return of the Jedi. Luckily, there's no line at all. Afterwards, Cyclops is all, Dude, that was so cool when they burned Vader alive at the end and the Ewoks chanted for blood. Nightcrawler's all, The Princess Leia character was so majestic and interesting. I wonder what she'll do and look like in Episode 7. Phoenix is all, one thing's for sure, the third movie's always the shitty one. They all look at us and wink. Mr. T looks depressed. Three men and a little lady look smugly at Nimoy's grave. I think telepathically at the screen. Yeah, third one suck, especially if you're starting your count from first class. <laughs> McAvoy glances sharply at me. I look over at Modoc hovering beside me and go, <laughs> Kinberg taking down Ratners like watching Angel and Nightcrawler chase each other around a cage. Meanwhile, at X-Mansion... <laughs> Professor X, it's me, Mystique. Yeah, I know, you know, you're, uh, you're in your blue form. Oh, uh, I came to tell you something in person that you should probably already know since you're telepathic and or watch the news. Magneto did something. Wait, I thought I was on his side. Anyway, I brought you a new C-3PO. She hauls Nightcrawler up into view by his Michael Jackson shirt. She's all, watch what he can do. She shakes Nightcrawler awake. <laughs> <laughs> He jolts, squeals, and teleports, getting his head stuck in a nearby toilet. Havoc sighs. I'll go get Lutz to fish him out. He's into water sports. Professor X is all. I better put Cerebro on me head. They go to Professor X's bedroom. As he puts the stupid hat thing on his head, which is beautifully ass-shaped, B sticks his hand on it, grins creepily at J-Lore, and goes, I uh, based it on your, uh, uh, <clears throat> you wouldn't understand. Professor X is all, you didn't design anything. He grangly grabs the hat away and jams it on his head. Phoenix is all, 
Guys, I just used my telepathy to realize that Magneto and a bunch of third stringers are hanging out with the blue Egyptian who wants to acquire worshippers by blowing everybody up in a nuclear war. Professor X is all right. Well, don't worry, teens. One of me little-known superpowers is that I happen to be the world's smartest man. Cerebro, it's me, your master, Professor X in the flesh. Now, let's find this so-called blue person and use me uh, telepathy, you know, to so-called try and talk him out of doing whatever he's going on about. Suddenly... Not suddenly. Someone eventually switches Cerebro on, ending the awkward silence. Professor X is all, Ha! Too bad you annoying kids don't have telepathic superpowers, so you'd be able to see all these blue and red CG blobs all over the place right now. Always a strike in sight. Fan favorite. They're all, yeah, we we all see him. It's fine. He's all, shh. Can't do telepathy while people are talking. Now then, there. I think I found his mind. God, it's so blue. He's thinking about world domination and nothing. Not much to him, really. Now to show him what kind of imbecile he's dealing with. A portal opens behind them. Apocalypse and Magneto and the other horsemen come in, pick up Professor X like a potato sack, blow up the school with CG and bail. (laughs) Suddenly a car pulls up with a license plate that says Deus Ex Callback. Quicksilver, who's driving a car for some reason, somehow notices an explosion is happening deep inside X-Mansion and goes around picking up people screaming in slow motion while a random eurythmic song plays. Finally, motion returns to normal. He smacks his hands cheerfully and goes, You're welcome. Good thing you had someone here with superpowers. Cyclops is all, Oh, uh, did you get my brother, Havoc? He was standing right next to me. Quicksilver's all. Uh, got everybody but the guy you're standing next to. Sorry, bro. I guess doing that gag with the water pitcher took more time than uh, usual. Also, Nightcrawler's my father, so that's why I came here. But I'm not going to tell him. Kinberg wants some chatter in the chamber for X-Men 38. While Cyclops screams no, he also turns on a TV. A newscaster's all. And in Egyptian news, a blue man who in theory resembles Oscar Isaac, along with his angry friends, has launched all nuclear missiles on Earth straight up into the air as an apparent symbol of their ennui. Hold on, this just in. They're now creating CG that is moving around in swirls and spirals, and possibly also curly cues, although only two of those have been thus far confirmed. Experts say this monotonous cascade could go on for hours, and that it's about to destroy everything from the Bronze Age. A general in a war room saw... God damn it, that's the whole world! Cyclops, still screaming no, turns into Mystique. (laughs) With a bored sigh. With a bored sigh, she looks at us and goes, Let's go to Egypt. We have a metal warplane. Magneto will have no answer for that. Now, who's got the keys? Eventually, it's ascertained that the keys to the ex-Quimjet are kept in Professor X's possession, which means they're now in Egypt. Nightcrawler teleports to Egypt, digs the keys out of Professor X's pocket, then ports back to the now XX mansion. Then they all fly to Egypt together. Dingus looks up from his phone briefly and goes, nice, the X-Men fly to Egypt. (laughs) All the characters take turns closing their eyes, clenching their asses, assuming messianic poses and making hand gestures while the variously colored CG fights itself. Eventually, the end of the battle happens. Everyone flies back to X-Mansion while Phoenix rebuilds it using hand gestures. I look over at Biotron sitting beside me and go, I didn't know her hand knew architecture, although my hand's pretty familiar with hers. (laughs) Professor X is all, Oi, that was quite a battle. I'm just glad no one got killed except numberless Egyptians. Storms all. I see now that causing apocalypses is discourteous. 
Professor X is all. Just for that, you're now leader of the X-Men. As he's talking, his hair all falls out. <laughs> then he's all, Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> Excuse me. Jennifer Lawrence. You switch sides a few times. That's why I'd like you to become a professor and teach the kids here how to listen to you. I'm not interested. Quicksilver's all. You think that's interesting? Check this out. He starts running in place super fast. Minutes later, Jailor faces some off-screen extras in a blue jumpsuit that has a number four crossed out on it with vaguely X-shaped tape, waits for the soundtrack to play, and goes, Listen up, extras. Forget knowledge. You're no longer whatever you think you are. You're just X-Men. Some giant robots come out of a door and start killing them off-screen while McAvoy smiles ambiguously, and a pair of giant steel doors slide shut on his nose. I look over at Johnny Depp, miserable in his Mad Hatter outfit, and go, Hey, at least you weren't in this. A bunch of boring words no one reads scroll up the screen while me and everybody in my audience consult our phones to see if there's going to be an Easter egg. Finally, <laughs> a man with just... Finally, a man with shiny shoes walks. He opens a briefcase. It has a brass label on it that says Kinberg. The end credits start rolling again, this time way more slowly. Stanley looks over at me and goes, Wish I'd been in this less. The end. <sighs> Thank you, Kelly. Endless. Thank you. Capture the film. Uh, So, so how do you how do you feel about this thing? Um, when we saw um, Battle L.A., it made me like Skyline more. We just seen a few months earlier, even though they're both terrible. But like Skyline was funnier. Yeah. And so this movie was the Battle L.A. and Batman vs Superman is Skyline. Like Skyline was funny. I mean. Batman versus so this Superman. movie actually made you like Batman versus Superman more? Yeah, I think it's my over. Uh, that's an excellent over, actually. That's very good. It's just so... Uh, I don't know. All their powers are so similar. And it just it's just closed eyes. and hand, It's just so boring. And it's can so I, tired. Can I just ask you, do you know X-Men powers? Do you know the X-Men? Do you know that whole Some thing? Yeah, I know Phoenix's. And I know Havocs, and I know... Well, what's your question? My my question is, when you see an X-Men show up, an X-Man show up, like if you see Psylocke show up, for instance, this is my basic... I I couldn't stand this thing. Um, You know... It's not good. No, I think it's terrible. It's it's not as bad as... It's terrible for everyone. It's not as bad as Days of Future Past, but it's it's right up there. (laughs) It's the same. I never understood why people... Like Days of Future Past because it's total total garbage. I can't either, and I watched it again this week. Yeah. Just you know, just to prepare for our podcast. I watched a bunch of X Men movies just to figure out where the what the hell went wrong. But I watched Days of Future Past again because I hated that. I mean, I absolutely hated it. And, you know, my son and I went to see that one together, and he, and as it was going on, my son, who was I think nine at the time. Maybe maybe eight eight or nine turned to me during it and said, "I'm really hating this." Uh, <laughs> uh, Did he read the comics that it was based on? Because it was really good, and all the X Men get wiped out. In the no, future. no, no, no. But you know, he was just super excited to come see it. Uh, um, this and this is I without think, Wolverine. Wolverine was at least in Days of Future Past, like a lot. No, no. Wolverine like, shows up in this for some inexplicable reason. Eh, uh, span service. Yeah. Even though he was in, now the retconning is so complex. I can't make header. There's like two saber tooths. There's the Wolverine movie that you like. 
with that series. Oh, the Wolverine movie. I like this is basically retreading much of what is going on in that silly little origins movie. Like we're going to, we're going to make an amalgam of all mutant powers into one great super mutant, you know, in that, in that movie, it's uh, a weapon in this movie, it's a God, but it's the, it's the basic same idea. We're just going to pile, use bulldozers to pile on all these powers into one being and have him, have one glorious fight at the end. I mean, it's the same damn thing. It's so boring, yeah. And it's like, it's uh, all these, it's like they get an interesting character and then they turn that character into someone else's bitch later. Like Mystique right. was interesting and then she right. becomes Magneto's patsy. And then mm-hmm. Magneto's just, just a rube in this for a character we've never seen before. Well, the thing I uh, complained about with the first, with Days of Future Past was how uh, Kitty Pride was supposed to be the protagonist of that movie. I mean, the idea mm-hmm. is that she's the one who right. is able to travel in, into the past, but they pussied out and they um, instead went to have Wolverine be the protagonist. Why can't you have a woman do it? So I think in this movie, they're trying to do that. They're trying to make uh, Mystique, they're constantly referring to her as the hero from the news clipping. Um, they're constantly referring to her and having her show up and be heroic. So, I mean, you at least can pay some homage to that, or homage, or homage, or give them some respect for that. Um, and I think this movie is a lot better than Days of Future Past, but I still think it's a piece of crap. You like this one more than Days of Future Past? Like oh, a lot. I like it a lot more than Days of Future Past. And you hate it. I, I don't know if you I hate it. I hate it. Because I still haven't seen it with my kid. I'm looking forward to seeing it with him because I know he's oh, super excited. I'm curious what Kieran would think of it. I'm I curious, thought. too. I think he'll like it a lot more than he liked the last one. But, you know, he's got pretty good taste, so he might not. Why would he like this one more? What's, what do you like about it more than Days of Future Past? Cause I, I definitely, I think he'll right. just like seeing the different characters. And one of my problems, and this is why I asked you this. Yeah. But one of my, one of my questions, and this is something that I was trying to write about as I was trying to figure this thing out is why, why does something like, um, Captain America Civil War, which you and I both liked a lot, which throws a bunch of characters into the mix. Why does that work? And something like this, which is throwing a bunch of characters into the mix. Why does this feel like this just weird miasma of things I can't like quite make out? And why does um, Civil War all those why do those all those Marvel characters those Marvel characters work out while these don't? Why does that why why does this not work for me at all? I think part of it's talent. What do you mean? I just think Marvel has a lighter touch for their own properties, and they well, kind this of is get Marvel better. as well. This just isn't MCU. Yeah. But it's- Right, but Fox Marvel doesn't feel... Oh, okay, okay. Like, Fox and Sony were... They're always, like, the lamer ones. Oh. I, I know Spider-Man 2 is revered, the first Spider-Man 2, but... Mm. I think also, it's just... It's like music. It's They don't... They don't hear the the notes at Fox the same way. Oh. It's just a, or maybe all these things were in production at the same time. It's, there's a lot we don't know. It's just back. Everything's mandated by committee and by marketing, and so it's like we're getting Sophie Turner, like get her to say because in, in this movie, and this is why I'm surprised you liked it more than Days of Future Past. There's a lot of just like just shots of people talking, <laughs> like without using their powers even, and like. Beast is subdued and just human. Mystique never does anything. J-Lor is so bored to be in this. And they all are. No one's interested in being there except maybe McAvoy. He's trying a little something, but he doesn't get to do anything either. He's like, he's the MacGuffin. 
boy, they really do seem bored, don't they? Yeah, and and that's the thing. I think that's another thing, another answer to your questions. Like the, the Captain America's Civil War had great energy. Like yeah. everything about it, just you, if, I, I just felt like everyone wanted to be in that movie, and everyone was saying their lines with relish, and the, and there was just better dialogue. It was a way better script. If you get actors say, like saying lines that they want to say that are that are fun to say that are going to get laughs, like it, it like it fires up everybody. It fires up the audience too. And in, in this movie, there's just every. Ugh. Like that Return of the Jedi line is so irritating to me because oh it's so God. sneering. Like, like, wait, you think you're out, you're out doing that movie? Like, that's how low your bar is, and you're reminding me in the middle of this movie that this franchise has a spotty history. It's not just annoying; it's it's a total fuck you line. It's and a total fuck you. It's a fuck you to us because we paid for that ticket price. It's a it it, it and it and it and it gives this idea that Brian Singer thinks. And maybe Sandberg yes. think, uh, you know, yeah, we abandoned you and gave you to Brett Ratner for a movie and totally yeah. fucked the franchise. Now we're just going to waltz back in after fucking up Superman as well and not doing a decent movie since and just pretend that we're going to fix everything and then make fun of that movie? Really? That's yeah. what you're going to do? Fuck you. When, when he said that, when that line came up, I was like, third movie, wait, you made me just like Brett Ratner more, you jerk. Yeah. And I used yeah. to love Brian Singer. And then when he when he abandoned this movie and went off to do Superman, I'm like, Superman Returns better be really, really good. And it wasn't. I mean, yeah. and then he comes back here and he's and he's pretending like, uh, yeah, here I am. Boy, that third movie was a piece of shit. How about this, you guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I, left, fucker. I really, I was really pissed off at that. You left on your own. Yeah, he's making. Uh... Maybe there, maybe there's some sort of in joke between him and Ratner. Who knows what's going on behind? No, the he's scenes. bragging that the first two, because I like X Men too. X Men Two was awesome, and actually, that's why I was so annoyed at Singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I watched it again to think, well, did I misremember this? I mean, has brought is, I mean, I haven't seen that weird Giant Slayer movie that he made in the in the in the interim, and and I don't <laughs> think he's made anything good between this after X Men Two. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I mean, know why he keeps making these movies if he's not that good at them. Well, just but just that particular line that they actually kept that in, and that idea that really you think you're that much better than the Last Stand. Yeah, the Last Stand was crap. And but picking on, yeah, yeah, and then instantly I started thinking about things in Last Stand that are actually better. Like there's actually some good twists in Last Stand, and some major characters die on it, and. Well, the, the Stanley way- cameo in that is funny, and it's like this is just like a ripoff of that cameo because it was like him with like his hose water going upwards because Phoenix is having like an outburst or something. <laughs> well, that's like, remember this. What, like a close up of it. Ah, it's so stupid. Yes. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Well, I, no, I was just gonna say I remember Tom really liking that moment where um, where Phoenix. Uh, I'm not not Phoenix, but Jean Grey. She's not Phoenix. Yeah, I guess she is Phoenix at that point. Um, is disintegrating um, Wolverine's flesh. Yeah. And how that works and, and how poignant a moment that is. Because uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I was so turned off at the movie by that point because of Magneto using the bridge to get over there. Like, you couldn't figure out an easier right. way. That. Yeah, that's um, yeah, that's the easiest way. <laughs> you can just make a bridge out of iron. and Right. At this point, it's, it's super, there's a ton of easier ways to get everybody over there. Uh, but Jackman- but Jackman's still like the star of that movie, and Famke Janssen's kind of can like. There's some good acting in X Men Three. Yeah, and, and this is not much, I don't think. And the writing's awful. And, and holy cats, 
how do you make? I mean, how do you not only um, not only subvert the X Men Two beginning awesome Nightcrawler thing by trying to redo it, but also steal from a Spider Man movie? Honestly, yeah. that's what you're going to do, and you're going to give us Cody Smith with the yeah. as Night Nightcrawler. What is Nothing wrong original. with you? Derivative. Fucking everything's the same. Magneto's family has to die so he can hate people again. What is this fucking screenwriting? What a one? Jesus Christ. Oh, the, so, uh, the people it's cliche. dying. The family dying thing. Oh, it's no, so predictable. So I, predictable. I actually really liked that moment where, where, um, Henrik or Eric or whatever name he is going by. Uh, when he saves that guy, just the simplicity of it. I saved yeah. him. Now I'm going back to work. And and then that it then you know how do the cops get in and steal the kid? Who knows? You know she can call animals, but she doesn't do it when the cops are stealing her for some reason. It's just ridiculous. And then the family dies, which you can totally see coming. And I just wanted to. I mean, I constantly wanted to tell someone to fuck off. Yeah. In but I again, I still did. I, I still did like him more. I don't know. Which parts, though? Which parts did you consider, like, the high point of the movie? Like, because I thought none of the action was good at all. And also, I thought the Quicksilver part was, like, cute, but it was just basically aping the one from Days of Future Past that was kind of more unexpected and, like, a better... Well, that's my... that's My uh, over-under is entirely based on Quicksilver, because that's the only thing I liked about it, really. Um, uh he does seem like he wants to be there too, so that he would be. Seems like he wants to be there. He seems like he's emotionally invested. It's a weird yeah. thing that he does at the end where he won't tell his dad that he's his son, um, but there's a reason for that, I think, and the actor sells it very well. Yeah, uh, and I really liked him for taking on Apocalypse. Like he's gonna solo him. I thought yeah. that was like a bold, like oh, that's good character touch. Like it makes me root for him. And it was it was great to see him actually used. Not and not just dismissed after his vignette, you know, because right, right. Like now that this, it's just going to be a necessary version. Everyone trots out. Their thing. Yeah, yeah. So you know, my over would would be the that Days of Future Past Quicksilver scene, which I actually absolutely love because I think the music choice in that makes perfect sense. I mean, Time in a Bottle makes perfect sense in that, and I and I watched that movie again this week, and I watched that scene maybe four or five times because it's such an enjoyable scene. And I remember yeah. my son just going crazy about it. I mean, such an iconic scene from a terrible movie. Yeah. This, I, I, I have no idea why they chose Sweet Dreams. Why? Because it's got the right to it? Because oh. it's supposed to be, we're supposed to be going, oh, look, it's so 80s. Yeah, that's right. He's trying to do You know, that. 80s apocalypse trends. And he's just fine. But, but that sequence was fine with me. It was very, um, it just was less flourishy. It was it was what you said. It was like it wasn't as good a song choice, and it was the exact same gags. I don't know. And, it, and also in maybe it, I haven't seen Days of Future Past since I saw it, but doesn't he like fight too in that scene? Like he's not just saving them. He's like doing some offense and like rearranging a bullet so it hits a different guy or something, doesn't he? Do well, that? he's rearranging the bullets so they go around everybody, but he's he's. But he licks some cake batter. <laughs> he he like licks a licks a bowl of soup that's flying through the air. But he rearranges guys' fists so that like one guy punches right. himself and See, he throws a awesome. plate at another guy and he like points two guys' guns at each other so they smack themselves in the face. So yeah, so yeah, he is actually 
taking everybody in the room it's out. Being super creative. Right, and right. It is, it's just variations of him throwing people into grass, and that's it. Right. Like, there's no other... And we know he's going to do it, so there's no suspense, while as in the other one, it's like, oh, this is a major fight. Right. And whatever. Just hate on this thing forever, ever. <laughs> it's so uh, long. So I went into this movie so burned out on superheroes. Like, after Civil War, which was, like, a pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. Like, every superhero movie now just seems even worse than it would if I hadn't seen it, because I'm just so used to the beats of every one of these things now. I'm so reluctant to succumb to that that argument about um, superhero Super- fatigue. Fatigue? Ah, I'm telling you, this is going to be looked back on as a, as a period of embarrassment by future film historians. Well, this seems like the Bible epics of the 1950s. Because this, this franchise has been so poorly handled as it's gone on. I mean, because they don't get introduced at all. I mean, Psylocke shows up. I don't know who who she is. She's she's a lightsaber powers. queen. What what is yeah. her sword strand of lightsabers? Who is she? Whereas with you know, even in Captain America's Civil War, at least everybody gets a moment where this is who you are. This is your power. Boom. Mm-hmm. And even if it's a short scene where we're in the room with Spider-Man and, and you have a short scene with him, at least you know who he is, what his motivation is. Here, I don't, I have no idea who Psylocke is. I have no idea what her deal is. I don't know who, who Caliban is. You know, no matter how many times my son has described to me the various X-Men, I don't know who they all are and I'm not invested in any of them. No. So the, the four you, horsemen of the apocalypse, I couldn't give a flying fuck about any of them. I don't that goes for the heroes her. too. To describe Phoenix's traits, describe Cyclops's traits. Describe. And then have, now we're doing an origin story for Storm, and I don't, you know, I don't uh, believe that actress as Storm. I don't uh, know who any of these people are, and I don't care because ultimately the villain is an amalgam of several of things. And this is why I chose the song at the beginning of this because Guardians of the Galaxy is is you know Ronan is basically this this character is trying to ape Ronan in makeup and motivation and Guardians of the Galaxy blew away this version of that last scene of all of these heroes just coordinating against this one guy who's going to destroy a world in order to save it that's been done hilariously you're done with that you can't do it as apocalypse no matter how good Oscar Oscar Isaac might be you're using the same makeup, the same basic costume, the same yeah. motivation, and the same general character that you used for yeah. origins. You're doing the same thing over again. You're not going to win us over with that. So give it up. Yeah. Oh, man, it drove me up the ball. They think that's how little they think of us. They're giving us the same, like, leftovers. All right. So is, so is there anything you really liked about this thing? Um, I didn't even know that was Oscar Isaac. Yeah, so I mean credit for that. Yeah, <laughs> all right. That's that's a compliment, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I I mean, he's he's fine. I mean, I I rec- I, I, like- I knew he, he was going to be in going in, and I you know recognized the way his mouth moves and all that, but you know, could have been anybody. Could have been you know you know one of the things you know. Alexander, I went to see with Alexander, and she was like, "Why couldn't that have been a woman?" Like, you know, and I was like, "Well, in Egypt, we'll wait." And then I remembered yeah, reading Anne Rice's Queen of the Damned, 
and how Akasha was the you know progenitor of all the vampires, which is kind of the same thing that this movie is purporting to be. Yeah. So why not why not make it a woman? Why not make it more interesting in that way? I don't know. Yeah, they change stuff like that in other ways, don't they? Yeah, why not? You know, why not do that? Isn't Robin a merman in the DC universe now? Oh, good lord! Why would he even know? franchise? Oh. Um. All right. So your over was. Uh, X Men Three. <laughs> okay, three. I almost did that as well, just as an fu. It's too tempting. Yeah. Oh, I remember something else I was going to say about. Uh, I really was rooting for Sophie Turner because I like her, and I, I it always bugs me a little bit when um they cast uh people who are kind of trendy as comic book characters, and their hair color is never the same. <laughs> like they made Emma Stone. Gwen Stacy instead of Mary Jane and Kirsten Dunst. Like, they should have been switched. Right. But, like, I don't know. She doesn't have the sass. She's not, she's not a very sassy character, it seemed like. It's not just that. I don't, think she has the Turner? I don't think she has the weight for it. Yeah. That's, that's another thing that, uh, that Alexandra said. She, she was like, I, I didn't get that at all. Yeah, I kind of. It's she has this quality where you worry for her. And maybe it's just because of... Yeah, that's a really good way to put it, actually. Yeah. Like, oh, no, someone's going to be mean to her. But I don't know if that's just from Game of Thrones or something. But I don't think I'm I'm supposed to be feeling that when I look at Phoenix at this stage. Mm. Which I I know know nothing about her, too. We get Cyclops' backstory, but not hers. I don't know. She should have been the focus. She's the one who... who, She's the linchpin of the whole plot at the end. And why didn't uh, Apocalypse want her? Yeah, exactly. Why don't you go after her? What's and going it would on? have been un, un, undefe- indefeatable. <laughs> Undefeatable? <laughs> That's like, these are questions that didn't even occur to Kinberg. And they're actually more interesting than the choices he makes. So Right. So here's another question, and this comes from uh, Chris Markinson. Um, if Mora knows that she's on the trail of people who are trying to raise a super foul, powerful mutant who's known for killing large amounts of people... Why the hell does she throw the gun away before going into the tunnel? Yeah. And it doesn't matter either. No. And that whole idea of, like, this is the first time the sun has been allowed into this chamber? You guys didn't think right. of this before, honestly? Sun god? No. Uh, hello? How's she... And what's her light source? <laughs> the sun? <laughs> so Chris, she doesn't Chris, bring a flashlight, does she? No. She just right. brings her little weird camera, her 80s camera. She uses the flashbulb. Yeah, she doesn't use either. That sums up X-Men Apocalypse right there. She, The whole thing starts because she's going to take a picture of something, and then she doesn't even take the picture. Right. And uh, Chris also has to has to ask about black eyes and white eyes, because this is something that drives me nuts. You know that, you know, once we've been possessed, we have black eyes. Oh, right, right. Um, white eyes. Okay, you're talking about Little Orphan Annie and Storm. I guess so. I, and I Evil Dead. That whole, and you made a joke about this, like the messianic pose. Right. I, if I never see that, like I'm going to hold my hands out like this to make a storm come, mm-hmm. or or uh, Magneto so I can float. I can't stand that pose anymore. I honestly, yeah. I want to punch that pose. It doesn't. It wouldn't be comfortable, and it has nothing to do with their power. It would be interesting if they just didn't even pose, and like, and sometimes they don't. And it always seems like a more effective scene, hmm. doesn't it? 
But also, I think the theory is if it, their eyes turn white, then they're trying to evoke God, and if the eyes are black, it's the devil. Ah, right. His event horizon's black eyes, so that's my case in point. That's one of the things I loved about watching First Class again this week, is that um, when uh, Kevin Bacon goes into his little submarine with Emma Frost and um, Zazzle, they're, they're all dressed in white, and it's all totally white inside. Yeah, and I really liked that when when I was watching it. I was like, "Oh, you guys are all dressed in white. That's so cute." See, First Class has some interesting stuff in it, doesn't it? Did Kinberg write oh, that? Damn, I love that movie so much. I think it jumps the shark. There's a point at which I go, "I don't like this anymore." But in hindsight, like I like it more with each passing sequel to it. And I, I really that- like Magneto as a Nazi hunter. I thought that was really fun stuff. Well, I I love that. Although you know that the constant returning to Auschwitz. I mean, come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you think of that's that another thing that that Alexander, who I saw it with, leaned over and she's like, "I I don't need to see this scene again." I this, saw that in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seriously. I mean, enough. We get it. You, you know, you can't just keep harping on that same scene over and over again. Come on now. It's also not all metal. It's not all. Ro- it's some of it's concrete. He can't affect that, can he? Well, the, the whole Is idea of this was that? was that uh, you know Egyptian man makes him realize that, hey, the Earth is made of metal, so you can just move the Earth around. Let's do that. But he doesn't. That's the thing. They're not even doing anything. They're just sitting there waiting for the X-Men to come attack them at the end. But no, no you're, instead you're just you're, you're just having this whole, like, gray uh, CG yeah, CG miasma CG happening. Instead nothing. Of a, yeah. yeah, making more pyramids? Like, that's your first thing? Wouldn't you just, wouldn't you be more worried about taking out your enemies first? You know, the <laughs> X-Men that you just met? <laughs> and he almost does too that's another thing Professor X is a fucking idiot in this movie he really is it's one of those he does makes mistake after mistake everything happens because of him he, if, if not for him the whole world would have been destroyed well the whole, or, the, whole of, the whole script seems to be a setup for how do we get to the point where he's bald isn't that going to be clever oh that's so clever it's a you can always tell when a movie sucks is when if you if you think about you can't tell the heroes from the villains if you really think about their actions in the movie. Oh, yeah, that's actually a really good point. Uh, why are they so, just hanging out in the desert waiting for everybody to show up? Why does the apocalypse just have them hanging out there? I don't know. And we're supposed to be grateful for that. Like, that's you're making fun of X-Men 3, where it's like the Golden Gate Bridge got moved. Like, stuff's happening. They're like, oh, that's that could... But it's like now it's they're they're tearing down pyramids and then making new pyramids. Oh, good lord, that's absolutely. And what happens with the missiles? Oh well, that's the thing. I mean, that's one of the things with the, that Stan Lee cameo. It's just red hair. Let's just get rid of everything, and uh, in order so that I might be able to rule you all and subjugate you all, which is the whole Loki situation. I'm just going to make everybody subjugated to me because that's going to be best for everybody. Um. It's just, it's tired. I mean, give us, but that's regardless the, of what the what the comics have done, give us a villain that we can actually sink our teeth into, instead of this guy who comes back from Egypt and then decides to get rid of nuclear weapons for some reason. Yeah, I mean, it was it was clever, like in in first class, um, what he was trying to do was start a war. What Kevin Bacon was trying to do is start. Well, that know, was nineteen sixty three. Yeah, it was, and then so it kind of made sense thematically. Right. So, so I guess they're doing a war game. Disarm us all so that he can subjugate us all. 
Why? So he just wants the same thing Magneto does. Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so let me just read a couple more listener things and let's get out of here. Um, Chris uh, really liked Nightcrawler. Uh, he thought it was a bright spot for him. Um, uh, I totally disagree just because I can't stand uh, Cody Smith-Buffy, sadly, and I thought that his his hair thing was a terrible choice, uh, regardless of how 80s it was. Um, it's also there in X-Men 2. It has that amazing opening where Nightcrawler attacks the White House. Yeah. And it's awesome. And in this night, Alan Cumming is also really compelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in, I guess he hated wearing the suit, so he bailed on that. Well, I think that he is an actor. Quite honestly, he was like, I have better things to do with my time than being in makeup for X amount of hours, doing Get all that stuff. Yeah, see, um, <laughs> I, can, I have better things to do with my time, so no, thank you. I'd rather do yeah. other things. Um, right, and he was right. Yeah, he was definitely right, and and he's in that opening, which I think is an iconic opening. That that opening that you just referenced, that X two opening, I can't get enough of watching that. To say yeah. nothing of that, the the when he saves, um, uh, oh good lord, what's her name? When he saves, yes. she falls out of the jet. Now, yeah, it's Jean Grey, right? No, 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 it's the one. Uh, it's not. It's Anna Paquin. Who's Anna Paquin's? Oh, Rogue. Oh yeah, Rogue. When Rogue gets sucked out of the jet and he bamps out and bamps back in, that's one of yeah. my things. And yeah, those are but, iconic. Yeah, Nightcrawler's the best character in X Men too. He is, or but he's best, he gets the yeah. money moments. But he just, but Alan Cumming just imbues that character with such uh, pathos. I mean, he's just got so much going on in him. There's so much pain in him that you you can just tell. You can tell the amount of pain he has that, that he's carrying the weight of all of these sins that he's inscribed upon his flesh. You can see that in him. And then Jar Jar. Yeah, well, very well done. You just you won this round, Mister. Uh, <laughs> um, we agree. Uh, it's not a yeah. You know. No, no, but that was that was excellently put. Um, we also have Dave McLeod, who says that he felt the movie was more an enjoyable spectacle, more of an enjoyable spectacle than your average hero superhero movie. So he kind of liked it, I think. Oh, the, mm-hmm. oh we did wonder why. Um, Oscar Isaac is all angry and blue with the voice of Vito Corleone. <laughs> uh, that's the thing. I, normally I get mad when actors agree to be in this kind of schlock and then they'd still phone it in. And Jaylor was definitely phoning it in. But in this, it's like, what are you going to do? It's like, you still got to say that stupid shit. You're still I don't know it. that I thought, you know, I, I did, I was, I agreed with you earlier that they all seemed bored. But I don't know yeah. that I would say that Oscar Isaac was phoning it in. I think he was trying to do whatever he was he was doing, but not everybody can act under pounds of makeup in the same way that they can act in real life. Well, that's what I'm saying. And I think he yeah. made that decision um, and did what he could. But uh, he the, still only gets to say things like, you know, all is revealed. Like, he only can say those lines. At least Poe Dameron had some... He got to do a little improv, I thought. Maybe. Right, uh, but... But somehow uh, Lee Pace as Ronan makes a really menacing, weird performance uh, in basically the same makeup and costume. Uh, yeah. And and also, you know, um, what Alexander kept referring to was uh, that he was um, – oh, God. Who's Duel of the Fates uh, from Star Wars? Damn it. 
Duel of the Fates. Duel of the oh, which composer? No, no, no. The 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 guy with the double lightsaber in Phantom Menace. Oh, uh, Mace, or uh, Darth Maul. Darth Maul. She equated him to Darth Maul. Yeah. Is, and is that Ray Park who does that? Is yeah. That I can imagine. He was Toad too. I, from the I first can X-Men. remember the direct the the actual actor who was a stuntman dude rather than I can remember the character. But Ray Park was totally menacing and weird in that. And I don't think Isaac, Oscar Isaac really carries it through in this. It just isn't there. Uh, but I, but it, you know, I would, I guess, lay that more at the feet of the writer than the director. That's what's maybe the one thing that's interesting about X Men Apocalypse is like the first X Men movie was sort of the first superhero movie where it suddenly we went, oh wait, these they can make good superhero movies. Which and one? it had the first X Men that was oh, like before Spider Man. Yeah. Oh really? I think so. I think it was like two thousand. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. So I it was the really like a lot and really loved yeah. X-Men too. Yeah, it's but our our standards were way different then because we hadn't seen any superhero movies. So right. it's like X Men started all this right. and now we're right, we're way pickier and we just came off Civil War and it's like X Men hasn't changed, but we have. Hmm. Maybe. But it's like Ray Park was in Phantom Menace in the first X Men, and now we have episode seven, Oscar Isaac. Well, see my point. Ray Park was in the first X Men, or was he in the? Yeah, no, he was Toad in the. He was Toad in the. Um... That's the first one, right? He has to be in the. First no, it's one. not the first. One. That's in the second one. Is where, it? Where Striker first comes in, and they're all in it's Vietnam, but not. Goes what's what's the toads do to lightning? They fly away. Oh, oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. No, you're right. Toad is played by somebody else in the later one. Yes. And it was the first time we'd seen Hugh Jackman. Like it was a very seminal moment in comic book movies. Which yeah, you know, very good. You're absolutely right. Ray Park was that one. The toad in the in the later Vietnam one was somebody else. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So, so David McLeod also not- wants to know if you think that uh, Quicksilver can carry his own movie. Maybe, I don't know. It's or if, he, uh, or if he's just a, or if he's better as like a scene stealing kind of a character. Well, now that we've seen that bit twice, I'm I'm already kind of weary of that. Like now, it's just I don't know. Maybe if it'd been good, I would have I would have liked it more because I remember the first in Days of Future Past it being an actually good sequence. Like, well, I love it in that. Yeah, and he does quite, kind of cool shit, and, and and so it was also it felt original too. And in this, he doesn't do anything that we haven't seen. Like he doesn't. Really, it's not like a better, like oh, he yeah. gets water instead of soup. That's actually watering it down, literally, isn't it? Very good. Yeah. And the, the, this other weird thing happened to me this week because I looked at I I just kind of googled like X Men movies just so I could see what the progression was. Like where they all fit in in the chron in the chronology, and it was really jarring for me to see Deadpool pop up as one of the X Men movies. Yeah, I don't get that because well, yeah, because it's got two X Men in it. Well, he's an X Men. Deadpool. Yeah. Why isn't he in this? Oh wait, it's the eighties, right? Okay. Yeah, but isn't he but- immortal? <laughs> like Wolverine. It was just so weird because I forgot that Deadpool was an X Men movie because I, I guess I erased that because I'm so angry at it. It was so weird for it me just to see Deadpool pop up as. It's in, an it's an, an R rated X Men movie too. Yeah, I know, and and then the next uh, Wolverine movie is apparently going to be R rated too, which I couldn't be uh, more angry about. But that will have to be a soft another time. Yeah, it doesn't matter well, if it's soft R or not. It's not going to be soft R. What'd you say? 
but you only feel that way because you know you have your son. Like yeah, you because like I, it was I, just for you, you'd go, oh, cool, an M-rated. Maybe if I can imagine a universe in which I didn't have a kid who had grown up with these movies and loves them so much. Right, right. It's just going to be closed off from this. You know, it's it's enough to to explain to him that you can't see Deadpool, but that's something you weren't really exposed to anyway. But now this character Wolverine, who you've loved for movie upon movie upon movie, you just can't see this movie anymore because they want to realize their creative vision so that you know there can be naked people and getting and people getting their heads chopped off or whatever. There might not be any nudity in Wolverine though. Just Who knows? It, it doesn't matter. They're making it hard R because that's going to be their vision, and also because Deadpool made seven billion dollars. Right. But it's just well, weird. It's just weird for me to look at that progression of movies because I, had, I just had a blank spot in my head thinking, oh yeah, Deadpool's an X Men movie. Obviously, it is. Um, you know, I guess in the same way, The Martian's best comedy. <laughs> All right. So you did both your over and under, right? Uh, my under's disturbing behavior, just like last week, because it's kids with superpowers trying to fit in during an apocalypse. So. All right, my under is uh, Age of Ultron, uh, because that's uh, a worse use of Quicksilver than either of this movie or um, Days of Future Past. That's a really good one. Um, yeah, I hate the way... Shit! Uh, uh, Wait, that is a good over- under. It's dispatched. All right, so uh, let's wrap this up. I think we've talked about this silly movie enough. Yeah. Don't see um, it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, once again, Tom will be joining us. Uh, Tom Chick will be joining us next week um, when uh, when we, all three of us, will be discussing the next movie in our, uh, in our pantheon of movies. And the next movie will be a movie called The Nice Guys. Ooh. Ooh. Um, so next week we will be discussing the nice guys, um, a Shane Black movie. Uh, and, uh, we will also be re, obviously we're not going to do the three by three this week because there's only two of us because Tom has to take the week off. So it wouldn't make any sense to do a two by three. That makes no sense. So we're going to do the three by three I mentioned last week. I brought up it's your favorite scenes in hardware stores, um, which was, um, inspired by something we saw a couple weeks ago. So next week we're going to talk about the nice guys. Um, we're going to do hardware stores. If you would like to contribute, and I hope you will, please email us with thoughts about the nice guys uh, in a separate email or thoughts about hardware stores to 3x3 at quarter3.com. Um, and also, uh, if you get a chance, um, go ahead and check out uh, – uh, Tom has a uh, a Patreon up, which is a um, a donation page up for keeping Quarter Three, which is the site that keeps this podcast going and uh, and also supports Tom um, and supports the whole Quarter to Three site, which has this great forum behind it. So just look up the Patreon for uh, for Tom Chick if you get a chance. Um, other than that, join us for the nice guys next week and send in something about uh, hardware stores. Uh, I think the third Fifty Shades of Grey is always the shittiest. <laughs> How dare you? Is that what you're saying? What I'm going to say, Kelly Wand, is wreak havoc. Oh, 
What? Why can he? Does he have a self-destruct button for that thing? <laughs> he needs to have havoc there in case something goes wrong. I just love that it's, as a as a total like tramping on Hulk smash. <laughs> Reek. Yeah, it's like his name is Reek. <laughs> well done. I swore an oath to keep it secret. This lie has kept Apocalypse at bay for hundreds of years. We were afraid if the Queen's heart was destroyed, you'd lose your immortality or die. That wasn't your choice to make! Great character, by the way, Havoc. Really sad when I didn't think he was dead for a second. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 